Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. I'm your host, Peter. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are doing the uh, the very first Nightmare on Elm Street, which will kick off our retrospective for the uh, month of October. Uh, joining me on this retrospective is Tom from Jake and Tom Conquer the World. How are you doing, Tom? Doing very well. Very happy to be back and talking about these movies. Yeah, you were uh, recently on the review for uh, Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. And in on that review, you actually mentioned, uh, was it Amanda Weiss was in that movie? Uh, and she returns here in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. Yes, she is. She is uh, the first on-screen victim, in fact. Yes. She uh, has that uh, d- very distinctive uh, uh, honor, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> the very first uh, victim of the, this franchise. Yeah. Now... Uh, for those that are maybe tuning in for the very first time, you know, I I don't really uh, do horror movies. And for the month of October, this is something you and I discussed a while back when we did the uh, the Karate Kid movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, you know, it might be something interesting to, um, to kind of revisit uh, this particular franchise. And, um, you know, me not being a horror guy, just to kind of see, I guess, where I fall in line with some of these movies. But before we get into... The, the movie itself, something I like to do on the show is uh, kind of just revisit the weekend that it, the movie was released. The number one song at the time of this movie's release was Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen. Oh, yeah, that's an awesome song. I, I bet it is I, uh, just one of those that I've, I'm sure if I heard it, but just the title itself, nothing, um, does not ring a bell to me. I'm sure if you heard it, you would at least recognize the uh, the melody. Probably, uh, Billy Ocean. He's probably got like a handful of uh, hits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I definitely I am familiar with him. Uh, some of the movies that came out that very same weekend, uh, we got. The uh, the biggest hit was Missing in Action, uh, which was a, a Chuck Norris movie, uh, Night of the Comet, which I guess is a, another horror movie, and that's pretty much it as far as ones that made any kind of money that weekend, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing I heard of, but Missing in Action, I mean, I know that's a Chuck Norris movie. I've just never seen very much of his work. Yeah, I have a bit of a confession, and I'm sure I'm going to have the internet hating on me, but I'm just not much of a Chuck Norris fan. Yeah, I mean, I like his jokes. I mean, all of of those, those are funny stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, So Nightmare on Elm Street, do you have a particular history with the franchise or uh, this particular installation at all? Uh, With this movie, I the first time I ever really heard about it was I was maybe seven years old. And I remember having to go to bed early one night because my parents and my older brothers wanted to watch it one Saturday night. And so the next morning, for whatever reason, they, you know, we just went about our day. And I guess they didn't finish it, the entire movie, the night before. And they kind of wrapped everything up that 
very next day, and I just remember seeing the mom getting sucked in through the uh, front door window. And just that little bit for a, a seven-year-old was pretty pretty scary. Oh yeah, that that's a scene that I remember from seeing on TV. Um, again, this isn't stuff that I watched when I was a kid, but I feel it was on you know Gilbert Gottfried's Up All Night, you know, in mm-hmm. USA. Uh, so that's something that I do remember. Some of the other things that kind of stuck in in my head was um, the Johnny Depp. Uh, death scene, you know, where he yes. gets sucked into the bed. I remember that. Uh, I remembered it being a little bit more violent, I guess. I'm not sure, but I could be mixing it in with also Tina's death, because uh, who can forget that death scene, just being dragged uh, across the ceiling, you know, in her bedroom. So um, I remember when Nancy runs up the stairs in her uh, feet kind of melt into the steps. Mm, okay, yeah. I, rem- I remember that. And I thought that the father, um, who's played by John Saxon, Lieutenant Don Thompson, I guess I kind of remembered him having a bigger role, or maybe since I know who he is, I thought he might have a bigger role. Kind of comes in like towards the end, really, just in the third act. Uh, no, I mean, he's kind of sprinkled throughout. Especially, a little bit. Especially yeah. the, the scenes with Rod. Well, maybe because um, her her mom Marge, played by Ronnie Blakely, she she has a bigger role. Like you know, if mm-hmm. if I were to tell you before him before watching the movie, I would have guessed that her father had a uh, as much of a part as her mom, and maybe her mom had more of a you know s- smaller role. But um, I think that's about it. Uh, I it, it was almost like watching a new movie with you know some of those scenes again kind of uh, being familiar. And this show we don't really do ratings. You know we just kind of look at the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb. And um, I kind of mentioned that for this retrospective, maybe we'll do like a Peter scare meter. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't scared, but I was really creeped out by the movie. So I, I think it's still effective uh, for me, uh, even on my way heading down to my recording studio, quote unquote, here I'm using air quotes, even just the thought of like thinking about the movie again, you know, I had to turn on the lights and I left the lights on b- before I came into my uh, little closet here. And so yeah, I, I definitely got uh, a little creeped out just kind of thinking about the whole uh, Freddy Krueger deal here. Now... I've been on uh, another podcast where the the topic was like top five movie villains, I've, I think was the title. And my number one is actually Freddy Krueger. And it's kind of funny because I didn't grow up on this franchise, nor have I seen a lot of the movies. You know, listeners will find out that, you know, from our reviews that I, I've seen very little of this. And I, again, most of it will be new to me. The the reason I had Freddy Krueger at number one is because the idea of Freddy Krueger, this this man haunts you in your dreams, and to avoid him, you just got to stay awake. Well, that's not very easy in no. itself. No, yeah. if not downright impossible. Right. Everybody needs sleep. So that's that's where I stand with him. Uh, let's uh, just kind of go over the cast list uh, real quick. Um, Robert England plays Freddy Krueger. Uh, John Saxon, who I mentioned, uh, is uh, Nancy's father. Heather Langenkamp 
right? Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. it? She plays Nancy. Uh, Johnny Depp, introducing here, is uh, plays Glenn. Ronnie Blakely, who I mentioned, plays Marge, Nancy's mother. Amanda Weiss, who we mentioned, plays Tina, her friend. Nancy's friend, that is. Uh, Nick Corey plays Rod, who's Tina's boyfriend hookup. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's our main cast here just uh the you know the six or seven people here and just a little reminder i guess i i i feel everybody knows freddy but freddy is essentially this boogeyman who you know we find out was burnt by a bunch of parents for killing children and he haunts people in their dreams Uh, that's pretty much the the story here and some of these teens they start to have nightmares with him in it and they can't figure out i still can't figure out either uh, as to why he chooses them so maybe that's something we'll find out in some of the later movies um tom where do you want to start with uh well do we want to talk about the backstory of this movie at all as far as how west craven got his inspiration sure you probably know uh, better than i so I'll yeah. let you yes. take over that. Uh, I, now, I, I probably should have been a little bit more uh, explicit. I first kind of was introduced to this story when I was seven years old, but by the time I was in my early teens, that's when I really started to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I know these movies fairly well. Uh, the way that Wes Craven describes it is there was a news story that he kind of stumbled upon that was out of the Pacific Rim, those islands out there. Where there were a series of teenagers that were all having similar dreams where they were terrified that whatever was coming after them in their dream was actually going to kill them in real life. And there was this one kid in particular in the Philippines. His father was a uh, a physician and his father was trying to take care of him, trying to make sure that he was staying up or, or you know, basically, you know, getting some rest, I, I should say. And... One day they gave him some sleeping pills and then they heard some screaming coming out of his bedroom and burst into the room. Sure enough, he was dead, but it turns out that uh, he had been kind of hoarding the pills, trying to avoid them and hid a coffee pot. And sure enough, whatever was after him in his dreams got him. Hmm. So this was inspired by true stories, folks. Yeah, uh, funny you mentioned that because something kind of happened to me one time when I was a little kid that uh, uh, I had forgotten about until I saw this movie. So mm-hmm. in one scene, Tina wakes up from a dream and her mom points out that she had some, um, you know, some tears in her gown. And that something something very similar like that happened to me when I was a kid one time. Really? Uh, I, yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night. I think my my dad might have had some company, and they're watching TV in the living room. So it's 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 late. I don't know what time it was. I feel like I was maybe about the second grade, and I I I think I had a nightmare. You know, I don't remember reacting badly to it, but I remember mm-hmm. just kind of going over, getting you know a little hug from my dad. He's like, "Hey, don't just go back to sleep." And I just kind of looked down at like towards the end of my T-shirt that I was wearing. It had some tears you know it wasn't like uh like a pulling kind of tear like you it, it looked like it might have been like maybe one or two cuts in my shirt and it was just really odd nothing i mean it was never explained i never mentioned it to any, any adults and i just ended up throwing away the shirt huh that is odd very odd uh, yeah that is that is very odd <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so seeing that on screen, it just kind of brought me back to that. And I was just like, oh, that's it. It was, it was pretty creepy. Now, was that something that you'd always remembered or you said that there was something that you kind of completely forgot about until you had seen this movie? Yeah, I think I kind of remembered, you know, when I was younger and then at some time I just had forgotten about it. And then mm-hmm. watching this movie again, I was just like, oh, yeah, I, I, that happened to me when I was a kid. Oh, that's creepy. Is really creepy. Yeah. Um, it, it didn't look as bad as hers, but I definitely did not go to bed, you know, with cuts on in my shirt. Um, so I mean, it could have been something in my bed. I I don't know. I'm sure there was a logical explanation for it. <laughs> I, I you hope, hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So uh, <laughs> really crazy. But you know, I mean, uh, I was never harmed uh, thereafter. So I, I'm again, I'm sure it was just something weird. But um. Let's uh let's start with Tina's uh, dream, her very first one. I I would actually suggest starting with the little montage that starts out the movie for the a making couple of re- the glove. Yeah, for a couple okay. reasons. One, the that glove is very iconic when it comes to film props. It's one of the most famous props ever. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that it is juxtaposed with the scene that's going to be coming toward the end of the movie but we'll get there okay uh and it also is probably i i'm pretty sure it's the only no it's one of the very few times when you see freddy krueger before the burns at least it's implied that, that that's when it's happening okay hmm so the montage when when do we when does that happen that happens right at the very beginning of the film uh, even before the title card comes. Oh, I, I mean, as far as timeline goes. Oh, it, I would say probably right before he started his initial killing spree with the kids. Okay, okay, I get that. Um, because I I don't recall what his hands look like. So you're saying that's before the mm-hmm. assumption is that's before he got burned by the parents. Correct. Okay. The the whole, Tina's dream was a bit of um confusing for me well i i definitely have a lot of questions i think my notes are mostly questions but tina's dream it takes place in a boiler room is that so freddy dies in a boiler room or did because i thought it was uh nancy's mom it was the, implied that actually freddy worked in a boiler room at a school okay he was a janitor and that's how he had access to kids right nancy's mom mentions that he killed you know, at least 20 kids. It was kids mm-hmm. that she knew. But then she, uh, Marge, she even says that her and other parents or like, the, the way she worded it made me think that Marge was a mother when they killed Freddie. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that doesn't seem too long ago then because I don't, I don't feel like her mom's that old. I kind of got the impression that, uh, the lynch mob got Freddy right around the time that uh, the kids in this movie would have been maybe three or five, you know, That's very right. young. They are older. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. see, now I'm kind of remembering the remake a little bit where they kind of flash back a little bit, right? When the teens are kids or something. I'll be honest with you. I saw the remake once and I haven't bothered to go back and rewatch it. Me too. <laughs> and I, uh, I think you and I, I don't know, we've discussed, but, uh, I think we, 
we not discuss, but I think we're just gonna avoid the remake. We're, we're that's just gonna... best for everyone. Yeah. I think it, it's yeah. just gonna be a hate cast if we do that. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna stick with the original seven uh, with Robert uh, England. Um, oh gosh. Okay, so in the beginning, where we meet the main four: uh, Rod, Glenn, Tina, and Nancy, and it seems as though they all kind of have had this nightmare with Freddie in it and Nancy seems to be the only one that just thinks it's a dream like she's not f- frightened by it you know how Tina is as it's a night uh, as it's a nightmare mm-hmm. yeah and it's because he was kind of kind of focusing in on Tina first I got the impression okay that does make more sense because I know there was a scene at Tina's house where her and Nancy are talking about Fred Krueger, you know, because nobody calls him Freddy except for that that chant mm-hmm. um, at this point, which I, I did find interesting. And th- there's a point where Tina, I think, describes what he's wearing. And then we cut to Glenn, who kind of looks up, you know, with, with that look like, oh, I know what you guys are talking about. But he never really chimes in on that. So they all saw him. But Tina and Rod, that's my biggest question. They are they they're not dating, right? I got the impression that it's one of those on again, off again type things because the feeling I got was Rod is a kind of thuggy, you know, juvenile delinquent for lack of a better terms. Mm-hmm. And he's dating the good girl. You know, he would be Judd Nelson. Tina would be Molly Ringwald. Right. Okay. And they had a fight. They got together. Uh, again, because everyone was concerned about Tina because she was so frightened about this nightmare. He came over to help support them, but he did it in kind of an asshole way by scaring them when he got there. Yeah, uh, that made me jump when mm-hmm. when I did see that. So um, I, I like that. If I'm not mistaken, this didn't have any of those false jump scares. I, I think, you know, if there were any, they were all something. Mm-hmm. Um, so... In Tina's dream, we find out that they can only be attacked in their dreams, mm-hmm. right? And you can only see him when the victims are asleep. Correct. And we, as the audience, we see him. Mm, I see. I'm getting cross-eyed now. I'm trying to <laughs> figure out when some of these rules are established. Okay. Uh, because I do remember. Wasn't it Nancy sleeping in Tina's bed when we first see Freddy coming out of the ceiling? Yes. Yeah. When she's dozing off, though, uh, Mm -hmm. and she didn't see them, but we saw him when when she was dozing off. Right. Okay. Okay, I think that's pretty much all we find out from that particular uh, dream. And then we already kind of mentioned earlier that this is also that uh, her death scene. Where she gets dragged along the, uh, uh, the the ceiling there. I would say it's one of the more gruesome, if not the most gruesome part of the entire movie. I think so. Because jumping ahead to Glenn's death, he gets sucked into the bed, but then you don't see anything else happen to him. It's just blood. Exactly. Um, you see... Tina like being tortured. I mean, she's trying to get off of the ceiling and Rod, he tried to help her, but then she was like being flung around, you know, and then mm-hmm. she uh, knocked him down uh, momentarily. But yeah, that one is definitely the most, at this point, I would say that's probably the, the most horrific death. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not just the the graphic nature of it, where you're actually seeing the cuts appear on her torso out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. But she really, really sold the hell out of it as far as her screaming and her acting. Uh, and, and, and also the other thing about that is I've always felt kind of bad for Tina as a character because I kind of got the impression that she wasn't in the best environment where mm-hmm. her mother maybe just didn't care about her the way that she should have. And so for her to not only deal with that, but have an asshole delinquent boyfriend and then to end like this, it it's kind of not a pretty picture. No, it's not. And I I almost thought that we were onto something here about the parents, but Glenn seems to have some pretty nice parents. Nancy, um, you know, at the police station, we find out that her parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And she's got a booze hound for her mother. Yes. And also, we find out that Tina had a dream about being killed. So mm-hmm. they don't outright say it, but they... I don't even want to say imply, but it sounds like they're quasi-premonitions, in a sense, I guess. Because Rod, he dies from Freddy in his cell, which is mm-hmm. a dream as well that Nancy had. Well, they're all having dreams of their own death. They're they're being chased by this figure in their own dreams. Uh, but we only see a few of them, but it, it's heavily implied that they're all experiencing the same thing. When Tina and Nancy are talking about the guy in the ratty, rutting green jacket, and then Johnny Depp has that reaction. When Rod comes in and he's showing how he made that scraping sound effects with the uh, the gardening tool up against the sheet metal. Mm-hmm. It's very heavily implied that they're all being chased down by Freddy. Right. But he's taking their time. He's playing with them, kind of like a, the way a cat would play with a mouse. Yeah, he really does do that. Like in that, the the, the first time we see him, uh, like his full body is is in one of Tina's dreams, mm-hmm. and he's got his arms stretched and scraping along the fences and the wall. He's really toying with her at that moment. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the creepiness that I found in this movie was kind of surrounded by Tina's character. Like the 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 next note that I have is when Nancy dozes off in class, and Tina and the body bag next to her. Mm-hmm. Pretty scary. That is pretty scary stuff. Well, the thing that really is interesting about this movie in particular and Freddy Krueger in general is that he doesn't just act as a boogeyman. He knows what you're afraid of in particular. The reason why he chose to use the form of Tina in a body bag is because obviously that was weighing heavily on Nancy's mind. And, you know, he made it as gruesome as he could in order to get her deeply unsettled. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it it did that to the audience, too, I imagine. Oh, um, yeah. And to see her dragged along the hallway inside the school, too. Again, in a, in a very graphic manner, too. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Tina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in this little bit of a dream during class, we uh, the next rule, I don't I don't know if we're calling it rules, but we find out that you can wake yourself up uh, within the dream. And Tina, no, not Tina, but Nancy, she does so by burning her arm on a pipe uh, in down in the boiler room. Mm-hmm. Not only does that wake her up, but she also carries that burn from her dream to, right. to the waking world. Right. So, so we do learn that. And Heather's acting here when she wakes up from that was 
pretty good. I, yeah. I thought that was really good reaction from the other students and stuff. Um, so she has her moment there. And after this, we get that kind of famous bathtub scene. Yes. Yeah. You know, I I really like that. And I I remember like maybe more happening in that, but it's uh it's one of those close calls where she almost dozes off and then, you know, her mom wakes her up knocking on the door. So uh, but I do just thinking, you know, of of the image of the claws coming out from, you know, between her legs and you don't know what he's going to grab next, mm-hmm. you know. Well, plus it's one of those fears that so many people that I know have where you come home from a long day of work or a long day of school or a long day of whatever and all you want to do is relax in the tub and you start to doze off and you're worried about all those stories that you hear about at least that i've heard about of people actually drowning because of that Mm -hmm. so it's one of those i don't want to say primal fears because i don't think that's the right phrasing but it's one of those things that's always in the back of my head when i'm really tired and in the tub right maybe it's just because of this movie I, i don't know it could be. It could be because uh, her mom, Nancy's mom, she even mentions, you know, like, be, care- be careful not to fall asleep in the bathtub because people have died. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do have a question that comes up next where uh, Nancy asks uh, Glenn to come over so she can do this experiment. You know, she's going to try try to bring him into the real world or at least try to find Freddy. Mm-hmm. And at one moment, it okay, so... It cuts to Nancy walking on the street, and Glenn's, like, hiding behind a bush, mm-hmm. right? And then Nancy goes over to the precinct and sees Rod in his cell being visited by Freddy, which is the special effect of Freddy walking through the bars looked pretty good for 1984. I was going to say, I, especially for 1984. Yeah, 1984, and I have this all in Blu-ray, too, the entire set. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it looked really good. Um, so my question is, how is Glenn also in her dream... That I'm not sure. Okay. I've wondered that myself. There are a lot of things in this movie that I've always kind of scratched my head on, and we'll get to those. This is kind of a minor one compared to some of the ones that are coming up. Got it. And I was I was trying to be not too picky, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, some of the, uh, the, or not too nitpicky, I guess, uh, with some of those scenes, because I, I was writing something down, and I'm like, you know what, that's a little much. Let me just skip over that. But... Yeah, the Glenn hiding in the bush, and then he's no longer there. That was a little confusing because I'm like, dude, can they both be in the same dream together? So, uh, again, who knows? Maybe we'll see some of that in some of the uh, future installments. Um, so after this, you know, they go to the precinct. They ask Glenn and Nancy asks to see Rod, and he is at at this time hung. So, uh, pretty cool effect there where his blanket, you know, wraps around his neck and, and hangs him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not only that, but this is the first time, cause I just bought the Blu-ray set not too long ago. And this is the first time I've, I've watched the movie in that format. Mm-hmm. And I've, I'm used to watching this in washed out faded VHS copies or not so great <laughs> DVD copies. It's the first time that I could actually see that Rod's face actually turned to blue. Yeah, yeah, I did notice that uh, a little quick, but hey, mm-hmm. that's okay. You mm-hmm. know, we get it. Yeah, yeah, it does turn blue, and you can even see, you know, a l- little bit of bruising around his neck too. Mm-hmm. So they did really do a good job with the the makeup there. Um, I thought it was interesting that they did give Rod a a funeral and not Tina, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but at the funeral, Nancy tells her parents about Freddie, and 
you can tell by the, their faces. At the very least, her mother knows something because we do find out from the mother. The father never mentions anything. You could tell that the father did not know how Nancy knew that name and did not right. like the fact that she knew that name. You could right. definitely tell that. Mm-hmm. So because Nancy knows about Fred Krueger, uh, her mother takes her to a doctor and they hook her up to an EKG machine. Mm-hmm. Is that what that was? Okay. Yep. And then a uh, sleep study. And real quick, a little bit of trivia. Do you know who played the doctor? I do not. Uh, an actor by the name of Charles Fleischman, and you might know him as the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. Okay. I remember the last name. That does look familiar. Yep. And I guarantee if you ever watch this movie again, that's all you're going to think about when you see that scene again. And once you put the two and two together, you're going to definitely hear it in his voice. Really? Okay. Oh, I might yeah. have to check that out. All right. Um, so here, th- this is a pretty interesting. They're trying to monitor her sleep and she refuses to do so, but kind of gives in because, hey, you know, they're all watching her, right? Mm-hmm. So we can't, can't be that bad. Um, and so the EKG machine kind of goes haywire and all these, uh, results are kind of abnormal. And she brings back Freddie's hat, which yes. I thought was very, very interesting. So he got really close to her, right? She, she had, uh, some kind of cuts on her wrist and she brought back the hat. And, and she was scared so badly that she had a streak of gray in her hair. Yeah. Yeah. It, they, they kind of bring that back up again, but I feel like aside from, from showing us that first time, I don't feel like I ever really saw that again. Oh no, it's there. Is it's, it? It's okay. definitely there. Okay, I may have to rewatch some scenes then, because I I feel like I was like, did it go away? I, I I didn't really look out for it, but I I feel like it wasn't quite there. At least to me, it wasn't as noticeable. Mm-hmm. So um, this won't ruin the movie, but does that stay? part of her thing you know for the uh, future movies that she does appear in it definitely does yes sir oh okay so they do carry that over that's cool so march tells nancy about the story of the parents which we mentioned and then nancy calls glenn uh about this new plan and warns him to not fall asleep which he does and we talk about his death and um again it's not as gruesome as tina but it's pretty, pretty bad, uh, especially the aftermath, in my opinion, I thought was the worst part with the parents' reactions. Oh, that, but also the uh, drippage from the first exactly, floor. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and you see the father seeing the drippage. Yeah, yeah, that and he has to bad. walk away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your child. <laughs> you exactly, know, yeah. I can't even imagine that. I don't even want to imagine that. Yeah, and and the mom to actually witness that too, and and that's the thing too. Like when these are happening to these people, you can see it in the real world. You just mm-hmm. don't see Freddie, uh, which is evident in the Tina's uh, Tina's death, right? So, um, she's you know struggling under or fighting, you know, there's some struggle on, uh, beneath the sheets. Rod pulls off the blanket, and it's just her, even mm-hmm. though it appeared to be two people. Um, now. She decides to pull him into the real world, and uh, she sets up all these traps around her house, which mm-hmm. we found found out that um, she had a book well, with all these things, which, uh, hindsight, I, I feel maybe that's where Chris Columbus got the idea for Home Alone. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, because the house isn't too, you know, different from 
the what's Nancy's last name? Thompson. Uh, Thompson. The Thompson. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of similarities there. Now, but the thing that I really like about this is that it's it's a, a complete juxtaposition from the opening movie, where you have the movie opening with Freddy building his weapon, and here mm. you have Nancy building her weapons. Right. And she's becoming just as savage, if not a little bit more savage than Freddy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Th- this, um, everything she sets up is to inflict pain, a mm-hmm. harm, to kill. Um, I, I do like the, the, the part where she, uh, you know, pokes a little hole in the light bulb and puts gunpowder in it. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought that was pretty cool, but the effect itself, I thought was a little underwhelming. Um, yeah, that much gunpowder is going to have a much more, uh, a bigger effect. And yeah. if, if, Fle- if Freddy was made flesh like he was implied to have been, that would have, just the shockwave alone would have killed him. Right. The thing, though, that I really loved, just because it's so gnarly, is the sledgehammer gag. Where she has the oh, sledgehammer right. <laughs> kind of booby trapped up at the uh, door, he opens it up, and it just comes flinging down on his sternum. Yeah. That is just wicked. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That was pretty good. The The one thing I do like about this whole dream sequence here is um, how it ends up. So the thing I didn't mention was that now Nancy's mom, knowing what Nancy knows, she put bars on all the windows. She's una- uh, so Nancy's unable locked, to leave the house. Locked. Yeah, that that was a creepy scene. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Nancy's basically a prisoner in her own home, and she told her dad to be at her house in 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which when she was setting up all these booby traps, I was just like, okay, that's more than 30 minutes. But the, the, I, I digress <laughs> because she <laughs> still needs logic. time to fall asleep. Yes, she still needs time to fall asleep, but we'll, we'll, we'll give her that. Um, so the father finally comes and she's being, or she was being attacked by Freddy and she burns him, uh, downstairs. When they come back inside, there's all these like, uh, footprints with flames on them. And probably one of my favorite effects is when, uh, he, when Freddy jumps on top of the, the mom, you know, and then the blanket's covered and then they just kind of like disappear into the mattress. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool effect. Yes, and especially where you see the mother's charred body kind of reaching up toward Nancy as it's sinking into the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very, very well done. I do like that. And there was an earlier scene between Nancy and Glenn where um, Glenn was telling her about this... I, I forget the actual group of the people, mm-hmm. um, but he tells her how... They got rid of some kind of monster by turning their back on Freddy. So this is this 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 end was really confusing for me. Yes, so, yes, yeah. it's confusing for everyone, including the okay. filmmakers. Ooh, good, good, great. I'm I I'm glad. Um, so she decides to turn her back on Freddy, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "You know, I'm gonna take away the power that I gave you and take away your energy." And I'm like, "What?" Well, Freddy feeds on fear. Yes. That's why he plays with his victims. Not because he is, you know, slow and can't catch them. He likes to have fun with them because he he feeds on their fear. And by turning her back, she is taking away everything from him to where he can't affect her. And you can 
say that's a metaphor for anything in life where you're afraid of, you know, committing to a girl, you know, you can't live your life in fear. You're afraid to buy a house or this or that, you know, it, it, it works in any number of situations and then they kind of ruin it at the very end. Yeah. Well, with the actual end, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, just to, uh, before we get to that, the, the whole idea of, um, her, her back towards Freddie, uh, I, I do kind of like that because, I mean, she's facing her fear, right? Mm-hmm. She's killing her fear, which kills Freddie. Right. But, and he, he's, he is more vulnerable in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just trying to, but, but even so, I mean, he is more vulnerable. He can be slowed down and he can be hurt, but that's not what destroys him. His, right. what, what destroys him is the fact that you aren't putting up with his shit. You're just mm-hmm. kind of ignoring him and walking him away, you know, kind of like trolls in, on the internet, you know, same, okay. same basic idea. Okay. So the part that's got people head scratching is when she walks through the door and everything's bright, right? Mm-hmm. So at this yeah. point, uh, I just wrote down, oh, reset with a question mark. But no, it's, it's not a reset. Everybody shows up, but then she gets into the car with Glenn, Rod, and Tina as the top. It's a convertible. So mm-hmm. the top goes over and it's Freddie's sweater pattern. They drive off and the mother gets pulled through the door. Yes. Uh, that was actually the result of an argument between the producer, Bob Shea, and the director, Wes Craven. Wes Craven wanted to end it where she turns her back on Freddy, he is destroyed by lack of fear, and as a result, none of that really happened. It was all a dream. You know, it was all a morality tale about the nature of fear. The producer insisted on not only finishing the movie with a jump scare, but finishing the movie in a way where sequels could be made. So they compromised and had both endings. Right. Okay. And to me, it make it does, I don't want to say it weakens the movie, but it makes it more muddied. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that um, because I was definitely confused. But in my mind, I go, okay, that's definitely how you get people you know, back in the seats for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you want that explained for sure. Uh, but it did confuse the hell out of me because I know that it's just a dream because they've been saying it all along until one point Nancy says it was just a nightmare mm-hmm. or, or, you know, something like that. I'm paraphrasing obviously. So everyone's alive, but, but they're not because they drive off in a Freddy mobile. So I, I guess that's the part. That's, if I that's had to guess, it'd say that she was still stuck in her dream. Where not only were her friends still dead, but so was her mother. And she still had to fight her way out of it somehow. If I'm not... Okay, well, I, I don't know this, but part two is Nancy back? Because I, I I think it's a guy that's the lead, right? You'll just have to watch and find out, <laughs> sir. <laughs> oh, Tom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So again, we're not going to do ratings, but uh, I did think this uh, was scary. But scare meter. Uh, how scared was I? Well, I definitely did not have to uh, close my eyes at any point, nor did I have my hands in the ready position, you know, to cover my eyes. Um, but the, the, the creep factor after the fact, I was definitely creeped out. Um, so I don't know. I guess on a, on a 
scare slash fear meter of of five, I, I will probably probably give it like a three and a half. Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't watch this movie because I find it scary. I really enjoy the characters, uh, especially the characters of Nancy. And I don't know if it's right to say this, but I do enjoy Freddy Krueger just because he is so damn creepy. Because mm-hmm. one thing that is kind of in the subtext where it's not really explicit, I mean, he was not only a child murderer, but he was a child abuser. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he's just an absolute monster even before he dies. And it it raises questions as far as justice versus the law, you know, in, in that type of situation. And it also does play on our fears of nightmares. Everybody has nightmares in one way or the other. And I, I, I just, I just love this movie. Yeah. I, I, I do like it for sure. This reminded me and well, it's funny because it's still Wes Craven, but, uh, this movie had a lot of scream feelings to it. You I know, think that's uh, fair. Yeah. You know, obviously Nancy is the Sydney character. Very, very similar in tone. And I do enjoy the Scream movies, even the fourth one, which a lot of people don't like, but whatever. And I do like the Child's Play movies. Yes, all three of them. <laughs> but I am definitely willing to give all of these movies a, a, a shot. Whether I revisit any of them, who, who knows? I, I obviously hear uh, one and three are the favorites. Um, Easily, yes. Yeah. And I do appreciate all the great special effects in this one in particular. Uh, most of it coming with Tina. You know, we, we mentioned all of her scenes already, but there's a, a couple of things that, that happens. Um, when she first sees Freddy Krueger, he cuts off his fingers, you know, and mm-hmm. then you, you see him, uh, kind of bleed green. But then shortly after that, he attacks her and she rips off uh, his face and then you see like a a skeleton. So all those were were done very, very well. Well, the thing that I love about the special effects on this movie is they were all done fairly easily and fairly cheaply. Mm. It's like the effect where his arms are elongated and stretched out. The way they did that was they literally had uh, dryer vents attached to his mm. arms and they were holding them up with fishing poles and filament. Oh, interesting. Okay. The, uh the the way that they did the effect where he was popping out of the ceiling, they mm-hmm. just stretched a a sheet really really tight and had him push his face up against it. Yeah. Uh looked great. They they cut a hole in a, a a bathtub and that's how they did the scene where he was pulling her down. The the scenes where they uh had uh Tina along the ceiling. They had an upside down room that kind of rotated and they did the same thing with, uh, the, the bed effect with Johnny Depp. You right. Know, it, yeah. It, it, that, that definitely looked like it was, um, you know, blood being dumped mm-hmm. down, downwards. Yeah. Another funny thing about that is they almost killed people doing that effect because mm. they forgot that the, the light on the ceiling, which while it was upside down, obviously was the floor was still plugged in. Mm. So they're pouring this out and they're just frying the poor guy who's having to hold on to the, the bucket. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And they, they shorted uh, the whole thing out. They, they, they blew the motor. And so they're literally stuck upside down for like five minutes and having to evacuate everybody for fear of, you know, people standing in the water and getting electrocuted. 
Now, uh, what what is that documentary uh, about the franchise? It's called Never Sleep Again. It's and, it's on YouTube. It's like three hours long, and it goes through oh, right. pretty much mm. the the beginnings of the series where Wes Craven is kind of gestating the idea up until Freddy versus Jason. Definitely worth the watch. Yeah, I definitely want to watch that, but I probably won't get be, uh, a viewing in, you know, before the retrospective is over. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that uh, the rest of the movies here on out, each episode will have two movies. So, um, yeah, I, I think that would be kind of cool. But you, you've seen it, obviously. Many times, yes, sir. Okay, Again, so, I love this series, even though yeah. I'll be the very first to admit it has some really good peaks and some really, really deep valleys. Yeah, and that's where we have our most fun. Yes, <laughs> is when we talk about stuff like that. Okay, uh, do you have any anything else? Uh, I I, th- I think uh, we talked pretty good about some of the, the scenes here. I I'm just trying to um, you know as we talk about these movies, we'll you know uh, talk about the dream sequences and any rules established, uh, any backstory that we find out about Freddy. And pretty much it, you know, we're not going to do like an in-depth analysis no. about everything, but we're definitely, because I mean, this movie, it, a, a lot of it, you know, I haven't done a lot of horror movies, but taking notes for this movie, I found a little challenging. That's why it came off as, you know, scene by scene, because a lot of it was very reactionary, mm-hmm. you know, on the part of the characters. Well, a lot of it was intentionally confusing. It's like you were talking about how you were kind of confused about certain scenes with Tina. Most dreams, when you think about them, the ones that you have are confusing. So that's one of the things that I really appreciated about this film. And yeah. as far as the rest of the series, this one by far is the scariest, in my opinion. This is the only one that you can really kind of sink your teeth into and look at things beyond just kind of a surface level. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. New Nightmare you can definitely delve into, and that is maybe a little bit scarier, but maybe just barely scarier than the rest of the series. But this one is an absolute classic. Uh, I I can't recommend this movie highly enough if you've never seen it before. Okay. Uh, now, what did you think about the the scare meter there? I, I just kind of you know one to five. Do you think that's good? I think that's a fair. Uh, I, I yeah, I think three and a half would be five because there isn't anything that's going to traumatize anybody over the age of twelve. I don't think, but it, it's great because it's filled with tension. And it does yes. get under your skin a little bit, but it, you're not going to lose any sleep over this. Yeah, I um, I know a lot of people, you know, this movie does frighten them, uh, the, the franchise, or maybe Freddy, uh, the, the figure, you know, is, is scary to people. And I didn't grow up on this stuff, so I am coming into this franchise basically mm-hmm. as an adult, you know, so it... it I probably won't be as scared as those people that grew up with this stuff. And I kind of talked about that as well on my other show, Original Remake, where we reviewed Stephen King's It mm-hmm. and the new It movie. And I watched the 1990 version, and I didn't find that scary at all. The um, Well, I don't want to say at all. It was definitely creepy. Uh, Pennywise was good. And there was definitely some, some creepiness to it. But me not growing up on, on that movie... You know, I was able to come in and say, you know, eh, you know, I, I can watch this and and not really be scared by it. Uh, I think A Nightmare on Elm Street was definitely scarier than the um the nineteen ninety it movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, this is rated R. Uh, it was a feature film, and it had you know a lot more money going into it. So apples and oranges, but it's it's still the same. Yeah. You know? 
So I I think that'll uh we'll kind of wrap it up there and All then right. yeah you know, next week we'll do installments two and three. Freddy's Revenge and the Dream Warriors. Oh right, the Dream Warriors. I gosh, I almost feel like that should be on its own just because of how people feel about it. I guess if you want, right. I mean we. But if we do that, we're gonna have to have part, two by itself. Yeah, that's gonna be rough. That's gonna be a, a, a that's gonna be a hate cast. That really, really is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll just we'll just keep it two, two, and two uh, yeah. all the way through. That yeah. that makes more sense. Okay. So, uh, Tom, uh, I didn't give you the chance to do it earlier. So, uh, tell the listeners, you know, what you and Jake do over at your guys' show and where they can get a hold of you online. All right. Uh, Jake and I are a couple of Big old dorks that like drinking and talking about pop culture, superheroes, televisions, movies, and occasionally we're lucky enough to have interviews with comic book creators. You can find us uh, pretty much anywhere where you would manage to get an iTunes uh, or Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, stuff like that. Uh, you can find us uh, also on the wonderful Couch Party app available on the Google Play Store, or if you're stuck at a computer, you have us at uh, Slings, Flings, Dinglings. Uh, let's see, what else? We got uh, Geeks Worldwide and the Podfix Network. All right. And for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paul Stalgic. Um, if you are a new listener to this show, go back and check out some of the older stuff I've done. Uh, I've done some instant takes on new release movies in the theaters as well. Um, but a lot of the movies I do are the ones that we grew up watching. So if you grew up watching A Nightmare on Elm Street, there's plenty of movies that came out around that decade, you know, that I've covered. You know, uh, Tom, you've been on, um, a plethora yeah. of, of different types of movies. Yeah, I'm so. starting to feel kind of at home here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, definitely check out the, the back catalog for for, you know, maybe some of the those old gems that you uh, uh, forgotten about. But if you guys have any thoughts, you know, uh, if we kind of asked a question but didn't really quite answer it and maybe you know the answer, I know there's a lot of fans out there, you know, that love this franchise that, uh, you know, if you guys want to chime in, uh, you know, you can hit me up on mm-hmm. Twitter. If you guys want to email, email is fine. That's uh, hlfpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I hope to hear something from my good buddy Eric, who's a friend of the show. Uh, he hosts uh, the uh, It's Just a Dream podcast. I wonder where he got that title mm. from. The other thing I would add is this movie, in particular, the first one, is so open to wide variations and in interpretations. I want to hear how other people look at it. Yeah, yeah, especially that ending. Yeah. 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 So uh, definitely tell us what you guys think about the ending. Uh, even if you miss, like, the next recording, we're going to read it. You know, we definitely want to yes. hear from you guys and uh, help uh, help us out. You guys definitely uh, check us out next week uh, again with Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and 3. So uh, thank you guys uh, for listening, and we will see you next week. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.